Hey, welcome back to Haunted Haze. I'm Josh. I'm Kristen. And this is episode six. Yes, six. Yeah, welcome back for episode six. And this one's about like exorcisms and stuff. Yeah. It's Pretty creepy. Going to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. So we started talking about this because you told me another creepy ass story uh, that about your family. Uh, yeah, exactly. I have an Aunt Bonnie who uh, experienced some, uh, I guess you could say, like, possibly some demonic activity. Okay. Uh, before we get into that, though, uh, please follow us on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Also, uh, send us emails uh, to hauntedhazepodcast at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook and Instagram at hauntedhazepodcast as well. Yes. Uh Please show us out there. It helps spread the word. Hope you're enjoying it so far. Yeah, anyway, give us so, a share. Yeah, well, further ado, I guess uh, kind of tell the story about my Aunt Bonnie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, my Aunt Bonnie, she was on my grandmother's side. Uh, from what I understand, she was going through, like, a divorce, a hard point in her life. She had a small, young son. Okay. They, you know, they said that she, like, kind of drank heavily and okay. stuff like that. But yeah. You know, who, who knows how much that's exaggerated. But anyway, she started hearing uh, at night underneath her bed what sounded like someone's long fingernails scratching, like just pawing all the way down her bed. Just Ugh. Oh, no. All night. I cannot even imagine how scary that would be. Yeah. And so she started telling people, you know, like, hey, you know, she's hearing things like this. Uh, so some of the other relatives would come over and check on her. They even, like, took the mattress off, of you know, off the bed frame and looked in it to see if there was, like, maybe a hole or maybe a mouse had gotten in to see if, you know, it was, like, underneath her scratching at night. No hole, nothing, you know, that they could find. Uh, at one point, uh, they even took the mattress off of the bed frame. Okay. But before they got there, uh, she also had this bird. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she had this bird that would say, uh, did you hear that? <laughs> did you hear that? Hey, did you hear that? And other people had heard this. Like, other she, yeah, heard. so that means she was probably often like, did you hear that? Yeah, possibly. You know? she, uh, she That's creepy. Probably, yeah, probably had like some... Possibly like schizophrenia or something like that for sure. She probably was saying stuff like that. Yeah. So that's but that's the, like so creepy that the bird is. So yeah, the bird and other people would hear this. Oh. Well, uh, so it kind of prompted people, to, uh, someone to come stay with her. Okay. Right, and kind of help her out around uh, around the place. They lived in an apartment. So basically, they think she's going crazy, and she's like, no. Well, they think it's more or less she's just under stress because she's, like, going through a hard know, time in life. life. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so she's hearing the scratching. You know, this bird's also obviously not helping her, you know, so she <laughs> yeah. invites someone else to come stay with her, right? And uh, so at one point, bef the reason they took the bed off the frame was because... Uh, 
they said the bed, she was having an episode, like she was just kind of like having one of these manic episodes, and they said the bed started vibrating and shaking, (laughs) and they couldn't stop it, and four grown people sat like on each corner of the bed while she was laying on it to make it stop shaking, and it still didn't stop shaking. And so they took it off the bed frame and, and put it on the floor at that point, you know? Yeah. And, of course, these people, I'm sure, are, like, trying to explain this away. Like, oh, well, man, there's, like, some static electricity. And be fair, maybe, like, a little bit, like, a, a earthquake that only happens in a really small, a micro <laughs> yeah, earthquake. Yeah, just right here, yeah. <laughs> Who knows what they're, but, so they took it off the bed frame and put just the, you know, the mattress and everything on the floor. And she was still hearing just that that clawing sound, like the scratching, and this whole time she's she was telling everybody, the devil is coming to get me. The devil is trying to kill Man. me. The devil, and she's telling people this, you know. Well, this goes on for a little while, I guess. <clears throat> and uh, one day she they she's going out to throw her trash away, and where the trash is, it's like this little alleyway. So her and her son go out there to throw the trash away. And while they're out there, her son, I believe, he's younger than five. I'm not exactly sure how old he was. That's very young, though. Yeah, he's very young. Very, very young. And uh, he found a pistol and pointed it at her, you know, presumably, you know, accidentally. Yeah. And shot her in the face and killed her. And, uh... Wow. He actually spent some time later on in his life, uh, like in you know, like institutions, you know, yeah. like some kind of like therapeutic. Well, I can imagine. That's the most fucked up story I've ever heard. Yeah, that was pretty. That's pretty rough. Yeah, that, that that's a, a another family story of mine. So <laughs> that's kind of rough. And yeah. it's like just thinking, like it's it, creepy it, too, it, man. That was in Memphis, and you have like you think these people went out into an alleyway and found a gun. Yeah, which, you know, you know that definitely, I, I believe this was, like, 70s or 80s, perhaps. Okay. You know? So, you know, it's not a question that someone found a gun, like, in the alley, either, you know, so. Well, I found a story, this place is in Searcy, Arkansas. Oh, so that's not far away. No, it's, like, two hours, I looked it up. And this lady actually thinks that she was possessed. Wow. All right, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Okay. All right, so I'm just going to call her Amy because I can't pronounce her last name. Amy Amy was left paralyzed below the waist after she plunged from the second story of her Cersei home onto a brick patio in November of 2006. Wow. The circumstances of the incident were unusual. Amy had climbed into an open window and was sitting on the seal when she fell. She insists that she did not jump. But for months beforehand, she had been struggling with dark thoughts. She had heard voices telling her to kill herself and to seek treatment from doctors and psychiatrists. The voices did not stop. She believed that she was going through a mental breakdown. At her fall, she was lying in a hospital when she was visited by a woman who claimed to have raised the dead and healed the terminally ill through prayer. The woman saw something in Amy that no one else had. She had demons. Wait a minute, who's this woman? 
she just happens upon her in the hospital? She's just like going door to door in the hospital? Seems like a scam. Okay, but anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't have her backstory. Okay, sorry, sorry, (laughs) sorry. So basically, she began experiencing strange alignments seven months before her fall. She was wrapping up a 24-hour shift as a med flight nurse at Baptist Health Medical Center in Little Rock when she was tasked with treating a burn patient. After wheeling him onto a stretcher and completing the report, she found herself wandering the halls of an emergency room aimlessly. She had forgotten how to do her job. What? I took care of him, and then my mind went out the window, she said. I just went blank. Wow. That's strange. That was her final shift at the hospital. She was a marathon runner. She went home, and she was unable to run straight. She couldn't even perform simple tasks such as picking out her clothes. Wow, she had a seizure? No, that's what, so at this point, that's what I had just said. She thinks that she's going through like a mental breakdown. Okay. So like they don't know what's wrong. You you know, like burnout. Yeah, she might have. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. She said she worked 24-hour shifts. Exactly. She might just be burnt out. So Amy told her husband that she was having a nervous breakdown when she began to go to a string of visits to doctors and psychiatric hospitals. She was diagnosed with different mental illnesses. Amy said that the doctors prescribed her antidepressants like they were candy, but the voices continued and her behavior became unpredictable. She stripped out of her hot clothes and in the middle of a family gathering with her in-laws once. Uh, and she yelled at her former co-workers at the hospital. Wow. A particularly tense episode happened when Amy and her husband traveled to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota looking for specialized treatment. While there, she broke away from doctors and climbed seven or eight stories up to the edge of a parking ramp and threatened to jump. Police and her husband had to talk her down, but the voices continued. Ugh. Yeah, that's freaking awful. Yeah. Ooh, I can't even think of being high up like that. And, like, on the ledge. Yeah, and just, she's just still hearing these voices telling her to kill herself. That's so creepy. The downtown Church of Christ in Searcy held a prayer service for her after she fell. Among those in attendance was Cindy Lawson, a Pentecostal evangelist who had performed about ten exorcisms. Pentecostals call them demon castings, but the rite is fundamentally the same. Okay. Lawson was not a member of the Church of Christ, and she had never met Amy, but she heard what had happened and felt compelled to visit her. So maybe this was the lady who visited her at the hospital. Okay. This is some backstory. Okay, here we go. (laughs) The Lord spoke to me and told me to go to the hospital and cast the demons out of her. I could feel something was churning. Just feel that energy, that negative energy, I'm sure. Amy had broken her back in three places in the fall. God. Punctured both lungs and broken her ribs. That's crazy. The injuries indicated that she did not brace herself at all for impact. None of the bones in her arms or legs were broken. Wow. That, wow. So she was just passed out, maybe. No, well, they said she said she was pushed. Yeah, I know, but I mean, I'm saying by the time she hit, she was just already unconscious. 
know what I'm saying? Oh, or it just happened so fast she didn't have time to brace herself is what I think happened. Oh, I don't know. In the second story? If I fall out of a chair, I brace myself. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't oh, be able to brace myself that fast. Why is it full of there? Okay. I'd be like, oh my God, I've fallen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gumby. All right. Anyway, Lawson said that when she arrived at the hospital, Amy was wide-eyed. I could see the demon, she said. A friend of Amy told her that Lawson was there to pray over her. According to Lawson, Amy, or something inside of her, growled in response. Ugh. Why are you here, Amy snarled. Why are you here? <laughs> Sorry, just sound effects. <laughs> Lawson brought out anointing oil and wiped it across Amy's forehead. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I command these demons release her and come out of her as she comes to her right mind in Jesus' name, Lawson commanded. Amy's facial expressions changed. The spirit of the Lord fell into that room, Lawson recalled. Oh, wow, they felt it. Like an uplifting energy, I guess. Yeah. So then it says that symptoms associated with demonic possession, such as convulsions, hysteria, Erased memories can look very similar to the symptoms of epilepsy and schizophrenia. Well, how do well then? How do you? What's the difference? Like, how do you tell if, it, if it's real? It says exorcism. Why well, is it different? Levitating, right? <laughs> <laughs> or twisting their head all the yeah, way around. Yeah, start twisting their head all the way around. That's when you know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't uh, just a. Uh, Exorcism rituals, which can include restraining a person, can be harmful and sometimes deadly, especially for the mentally ill. In 2005, a Romanian nun who had been treated for schizophrenia died of suffocation and dehydration during a rigorous orthodox exorcism in 2007. Wow. A 22-year-old drowned and a 14-year-old was severely injured during a family-centered Maori exorcism in New Zealand. Mm. New York psychiatrist Richard Gallagher works with the Catholic priests to help them tell the difference between those who are suffering with mental illness and those who have been possessed. The same habits that shape what I do as a professor and a psychiatrist, open-mindedness, respect for evidence, and compassion for suffering people led me to an aid to work in the discerning attacks by what I believe are evil spirits, and just as critically differentiating those extremely rare events from medical conditions, he wrote in column in the Washington Post in 2016. But careful observation of evidence presented to me in my career has led me to believe that certain extreme uncommon cases can be unexplained no other way can be explained no other way. Yeah. It's hard to quantify how many people have been treated for demonic possession in Arkansas or anywhere else. Many religions believe supernatural entities can possess humans, but symptoms, treatments, and method of diagnosis vary. Gallagher wrote that in some circles, their tendency to see the devil everywhere. He wrote that some clergy members are not as cautious as they should be when diagnosing a demonic possession. 
the Catholic Church has taken steps to limit these misdiagnoses. So, like, how many of these people are legit, though? You know, like, that's my only question. Is yeah. There, like, uh, how many of these people are actually seeing what they say they see? Or whatever, you know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, if there's people that, like, live with them that could corroborate their stories. Yeah, I mean, or, I get that. Know. I mean, I get that. I mean, and then there definitely is evidence. I mean. I mean, this lady was a nurse, like a Metaflight nurse, and then all of a sudden was, like, taking off her clothes in a family get-together. You know, she's. I don't know. I don't know if that's what it was. Screw Kevin. You know, the divorce is final. The Catholic Catechism, the church, the church's written doctrine, says that illnesses, especially psychological illnesses, should be handled through medical science. Therefore, the doctrine says, before an exorcism is performed, it is important to assert that one is dealing with the presence of the evil one and not illness. Well, that's good. They actually take steps to, like... You know, is this the devil before they start doing it? Yeah, they don't just be like, oh, you know. Well, that's good because I, I, you know, there's definitely cases where they've misdiagnosed people and they, you know, could have potentially helped someone medically. Yeah. But instead, you know, the the family chose religious reasons, you know. Well, I mean, I can see how it could be misdiagnosed, though. Well, that's some of it. And then, I mean, what if the church doesn't believe you? They're like, "No, the doctor says you're schizophrenic." Well, no, but so but this lady, I mean, she hasn't been like talking in like demonic tongues, really, or yeah, levitating. That's when you get me. It's when you levitate. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. Like, yeah, that's the devil. The Vatican expanded its annual exorcism course in 2018, citing increased demands. A Catholic priest in Little Rock said that due to the growing lack of faith in God and increased interest in the occult in modern society, only a priest who is trained and given authority by a bishop is able to perform the solemn exorcism. Oh, okay. So he has to be certified. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Because of the risk of sensationalism, the ritual is performed discreetly. It would typically be during the day in a church environment and with other family members present. The Catholic priest in Little Rock said, There's nothing magical about the ritual. It is prayer and faith requires the faith of a person to be set free. Demonic possession is not recognized as a medical condition by the American Psychiatric Association or the International Statistical classification of diseases. Amy said that before she fell ill and Lawson exercised her, she was diagnosed with a rare chemical imbalance called porphyria that causes seizures, abdominal pain, nervous system dysfunction, and mental confusion. Wow. Amy is a, a former nurse, and she believes that she was possessed. Yeah, well, how how's she not know she didn't have that, though? Well, that's what I'm saying. Don't you? It kind of sounds to me like they don't know what's wrong with you, but they're going to call it this and say it's a chemical imbalance when really she was possessed. possessed. Uh, So you're saying like the doctors and scientists are trying to like. uh, Just give it a name because we don't know what it is. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah well, it sounds like a possession, but it definitely has to be something more medical. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they can't diagnose you with a possession. Yeah. Demonica expressia. <laughs> <laughs> In a medical world, they need to put a name to it, Amy said. Uh, well, this is it. So this is exactly what we're saying. Okay. In the medical world, they have... Watch the movie. Yeah. <laughs> In the medical world, they have to put a name to it because they've never dealt with this type of demon. How do they know... How are they going to know how to fight against something that they don't even understand? Well, yeah, okay. If people knew it was a demonic possession thing, they would seek out that kind of help. It's just hard to convince people that that's what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This says something about levitating bodies. Exorcisms conjure images of levitating bodies and screaming priests, thanks yep. in no small part to Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the levitating bodies. The 1973 film The Exorcist, with its graphic depiction of demonic possession, spawned several sequels and influenced decades of horror films. Yeah, for sure. Strangle said it's the frustration. It's frustrating to see the religious practices dramatized to the point of disbelief on screen. It is much more common form of spiritual attack or demonic influence. He said is temptation. That looks very different than a levitating child. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've been saying. That's just start levitating. Yeah, that's the devil. That, that's when you're haunted. <laughs> I do want to know how those magicians do it. <laughs> how do they do Stengel said that in most cases, people are demon-oppressed rather than possessed. Well, that just means, like, they're, like, kind of controlling the... You know, like, that's when people, like, are oppressed. They're, like, they have to, like, stay at the house. You know, yeah, like, it's, like, it's, it's not like a full-on possession yet. Yeah, they're not actually inside the person. They're more or less feeding off that person's energy. Yeah. Which I think can be, like, way dangerous. I think people have totally possibly, you know, gotten those depressive states, been demonically oppressed, and then killed people, you know? Well, this says a demon oppression is ordinary. And it is approached with ordinary Catholic practices, sacraments, blessings, and prayer. You know, though, like, you only hear about Catholics, um... when it comes to, like, the stuff. You know, like, where, like, like, the Baptist people believe in... Like, demonic possessions? Yeah, like, do they believe in anything like that? Yeah, so the lady who did this exorcism on Amy, she was, like, a Pentecostal. Okay. So that's not, like, Catholic. Yeah, okay. And whenever I was... just don't hear much more about it from other... No, it's for know. sure, like, a Catholic-dominated Catholic kind of thing. thing, I feel like. Whenever I was looking into it on the internet earlier, I saw, like, Buddhism even. Like, it was weird. Yeah, like, no, there was, like, a bunch of different ones. Like, it did say Christianity, Buddhism. It's, like, a bunch of religions. Well, no, yeah, I've heard that about a bunch of uh, different religions, but I was just, you know, more specifically kind of questioning just the Christianity aspect of it. It's just kind of Catholicism. Catholicism is the only Christianity one that's heavily... Talked uh, about. Talked about when it comes to exorcism. So. Oh, so you mean like specifically the bat? Like I, yeah, I don't the know. I've never heard of that. I guess they could just pray real hard about it. I'm not real sure. <laughs> well, I'm saying like, do they believe it's like demon possessions? Like, do those people all believe like? I believe know, they probably think that can happen. You're actually being influenced by the devil. Yeah. Okay. But I don't know for sure. Okay. But to wrap it up on Amy, 
basically, uh, she ended up saying, like, she doesn't remember. She has no recollection of her exorcism. Okay. And that her family members said they immediately saw a change in her afterwards. Oh, okay. So, she and then... Person, like, everything personality-wise, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. And she said in a recent interview, she said mentally she's healthy. Spiritually, she's better than ever. She, Amy said that her greatest loss is not being able to go back to work as a nurse uh, oh. because of her paralysis. Oh, yeah, her broken back. Yeah. The, uh, Lawson believes that God will intervene and fully heal her. And that's what they pray for every day. And so she believes she was pushed out of that window. Yes. But also, who sits on the edge of a window sill with their feet out? You know what I mean? Yeah, that is very strange. Very, very... Okay, well, you know. Well, all she said is, as a nurse, I would not have believed this if it wouldn't have happened to me. She, I would have thought that things like that doesn't ha- don't happen anymore, but they do. Yeah. And I lived it. Yeah, you know, like when someone like comes out and says like they lived it, like you kind of have to, you know, take it for what it's worth. You know. Yeah, that's I mean, she seems pretty. She see, if she's, and that's really scary because it's only like two hours away. Yeah, that's pretty local. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, if someone's telling you like, hey, you know, I'm being haunted by the devil. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta kind of believe it a little, I guess. Take them for their what it's worth. Yeah, exactly. So I have a couple freaky facts for you. Okay, cool. Well, I love freaky facts. All right. So, uh, you know, we're kind of talking about the exorcist, a little levitating, rotating heads. Okay. Yeah, I so guess. Well, so, themed facts for the exorcism. Yeah, a little exorcism theme. But this was about. It says the movie. While filming the movie The Exorcist, many actors got injured. The set burned down. A priest was brought on several times to bless the set. And the actor who played Burke, Jack McGowan, died of influenza. Wow, yeah, I've heard that. That that set was cursed. Yeah. A lot of crazy things. Yeah, I mean, clearly... That's crazy. And then I also was like looking more into, uh, and we kind that other article touched on this a little, but uh, you know I was reading about how it is uh, often possession symptoms are the same as like other mental illness and physical illness symptoms. You know, like mental or hysteria, dissociative identity disorder, epilepsy. You know. Yeah. So I can see how you would think that, oh, that's not a demonic possession. Yeah, right. Yeah, you explain why it's something like but, that. Yeah. Like, due to such a high demand for exorcisms today, the Catholic Church is like hardcore training new exorcists all over the world. Wow. So, like, in 2011, there was about 15 well-known Catholic exorcists in the United States. And by 2018, there was over 100. Well over 100. Okay, wow. They said uh, the actual... That's just the United States. Yeah. Okay. So, but they're training them. I saw, like, they were doing it in, like, Milan, Chicago. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know. Another place somewhere else in another country. It was all over the world. Yeah, it was uh, everywhere. Yeah. They were trying to... 
they're trying to branch out their exorcism league. Yeah, there's an official so exorcism. Space Force and Exorcism League. Yeah. This is, I love 2020. <laughs> no, you're the only one. <laughs> in, uh, I'm in the Armageddon. <laughs> in Indianapolis, they have an official exorcist for the city of Indianapolis. And in 2018, he got over 2,000 requests for exorcists. Or exorcism. Well, okay, but uh, how much, you know, it's 2018. You can, like, take, like, Twitter someone and be like, I need an exorcism. You can tweet them. <laughs> yeah, you can also do that. <laughs> but, you know. I just thought that was really interesting. Sometimes I wake up with a hangover. I'm like, man, I really need an exorcism <laughs> for this. <laughs> I thought that that's how, when I read that, I was like, holy shit, that many people needed exorcisms? That's what I'm saying. I would have like, thought in the world maybe 2,000 people needed it. That's what I'm saying. How many of them is legit? How many yeah. people? That's what I'm saying. Like, some of these people just, you know, like, I had a bad day. I'm mad at my mom. I need an Also, I have to have a little disclaimer on this edition of Freaky Facts. Okay. And that is that there is not actual statistics on official exorcists yeah, like, from the Catholic Church. Yeah. This is all like, All feeling, no facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not actual facts, I guess, if there's not actual statistics, but... You're good, know, you're good. I liked it. Well, good. That was my facts. Well, I got some news that's going to make you want some uh, exorcists around you. You got, oh. you got some news uh, sounds. <laughs> all right, here we go. <laughs> all right, so uh, this is the Macabre Black Market. In Thailand, a British citizen, Chow Hoke Quinn, was caught attempting to smuggle something very horrifying into Taiwan. Six dried human fetuses covered in gold leaf tattoos and spiritual adornments. Quinn bought these fetuses from a reseller intended to turn them over for profit in Taiwan, where the corpses created in black magic spiritual ritual are thought by some to bring good luck. Because of this, a black market has developed for them. Authorities were unable to determine the exact sources of the fetuses. Mm. Yeah, what the fuck? My next headline, death at a funeral. A two-year-old boy who tragically succumbed to pneumonia in Belém, Brazil, terrified his family when one hour before his funeral, sat up and asked his father for a glass of water. Yeah. Wait, the kid that we're at the funeral for? Yeah, he died of pneumonia. We're at his funeral. He sat up, asked for a glass of water. The boy who had been dead since the day before hadn't showed any other signs of life during his wake or funeral preparations. Sadly, when the boy laid back down, the family was unable to rouse him a second time, so medical officials had to declare him dead once again. They were unable to explain his mysterious reanimation, and the child was buried later that evening. Was so there he? you go. There's the news for the week. <laughs> this week's news left me with a lot of questions. Yeah. Do you feel like you need an exorcist? That's so creepy. Uh, kids no, 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 no. Hey, Dad, can I have a glass of water? Oh, shit. Oh, uh, no. Oh, wait. And then he got again. Busted but also, back. like, what kind of... Uh, did he not like, get what kind of funeral preparations did he have to go through? Well, I, yeah, I don't know. Right? Like, I'm tired of this life. I'm gonna die tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> just sitting there getting thirsty. Well, All right. That's crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, we went real morbid on that. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Way dark. Yeah, well, and how disgusting with the baby fetuses, right? Like, oh my god, black magic. To be honest, I was trying to black that out. Yeah, some exorcist needed up in this. Yeah. Look, yeah. I got the sage out already. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to get it. I guess we should start this episode by telling anyone, uh, hey, uh, you know, if uh, you yeah. might want to bless yourself, get your sage ready. Get your sage ready. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, hey, uh, hey, you know, better late right? than never. Yeah, right. <laughs> At this point, if you want to get your sage out, you know, it's a good time. Maybe it'll be a good time. <laughs> Uh, so, speaking of all this exorcism, you know, like, Hollywood kind of has made a bunch of movies about this. Well, uh, actually, a lot of these movies really are based uh, upon true events. true events, like, real fact. Ugh. That's I my least favorite a, thing to see before Yeah, I kind of have a movie. few examples of it, too, okay. I, I'm going to tell you. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready. So, we've heard of the Amityville Horror. Yes, right? I did. That one's true. Supposedly, on on the 13th of November, 1974, Ronald DeFeo Jr. shot and killed six members of his family at 112 Ocean Avenue, a large house situated in a suburb neighborhood in Amityville, New York. He was arrested, found guilty, and jailed, and his house was put on the market, which meant that in December 1975, George and Kathy Lutz and their three children moved into the Amityville home. For the next 28 days, the family were terrorized by unseen forces. Kathy had vivid nightmares about the murders and discovered the order in which they occurred and the rooms where they took place. The Lutz children also began sleeping on their stomachs in the same way the dead bodies in the DeFeo murders had been found. Mm. Things grew steadily worse with mysterious injuries being inflicted upon the females of the household, strange footprints appearing on the ground, and the discovery of a secret room which did not appear on the blueprints of the house. Painted completely red, the room was dubbed the Red Room, and the family's dog was terrified of it. As we all should be. Yeah. You know, they say pets can sense it, so listen to the puppy. (laughs) <laughs> After deciding that something was wrong with their house, George and Kathy Lutz carried out a blessing on the 8th of January, 1976. According to reports, George held a silver crucifix while they both recited the Lord's Prayer, and while in the living room, George allegedly heard a chorus of voices asking them, Will you stop? They attempted a second blessing later that same month and fled the next day, describing the events that occurred as too frightening to ever tell. Man. Yeah. So also, you've heard of uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah. Right? That's a scary movie, too. So while there never was an Emily Rose, there was an Annalise Michelle. According to numerous reports, the young girl was afflicted by intense shaking and loss of control over her body. Confused by her symptoms, doctors diagnosed her with grand mal seizures, but her behavior grew worse. She began attacking family members and drinking her own urine. Most tellingly of all, she seemed very afraid of religious objects. Her concerned family eventually convinced priests that, that went on to perform multiple exorcisms. Annalise died in 1976 of pneumonia before the last exorcism that had been 40 by that time, could be performed. Man. 
Yeah. What the hell? So also the Exorcist, it's based off of uh, true, true, true events. Um, this part of it's based off of a boy named Roland Doe. In the late 1940s, priests of Roman Catholic Church performed a series of exorcisms on a young German boy, Roland Doe. He allegedly broke his restraints, pulled a spring out of his mattress, and used it to attack one of the priests during exorcisms which took place at Georgetown University Hospital. According to reports, strange words appeared all over the boy's body. His bed was alleged to shake during the encounter, and he spoke in a frightening, guttural voice. After breaking the priest's nose, Rollins succumbed to the exorcism and went on to, re- to lead a rather ordinary life. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well, there's a happy ending. Yeah, like, them, only the most terrifying... Well, yeah, well, at the, the time, the scariest yeah. movie of all time was made of you, and... Yeah, well, there's other stories. I think the, the Exorcism actually is a mixture of other stories. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, but that's part of it, is Roland Dunn. That's creepy. But after he punched the priest in the nose, you know, <laughs> went on to live a ordinary life. Um, this next story is about a man named Arnie. In 1981, Arnie Cheyenne Johnson murdered his landlord, Alan Bonner, in Connecticut. But was Johnson really to blame for his actions, or had he been possessed? In the first ever case to cite demonic possessions as a defense for murder, Johnson's lawyer argued that his actions stemmed from a pattern of erratic behavior which began when Johnson was just a child. Johnson's family had even consulted a demonologist, Ed and Lorraine Warren, saying that the child had been taunted and harassed by spirits and demons for most of his life. Ultimately, the judge ruled that the demonic possession was not a valid defense against first-degree murder. However, despite being found guilty, Johnson only served five years of his 10 to 20-year sentence. Wow. wow. That's and that's crazy. about uh, that's a little story about Ed and Lorraine uh, Warren who The Conjuring, uh, uh, yeah. those type of movies. So Hollywood's definitely talked about them. That's why. Yeah, they're, they're really, there. really interesting too. Yeah, there's a lot of stories about them. We might actually talk about them at some point. That'd be good. That would be good. Yeah, they're very interesting people. So it's time for our last segment. Oh yeah, let's bring back verses. Verses, yes. Yes. So we know <laughs> we always pit one scary thing against another. Yeah. And then we pull it out. It's always random. It's random. It's a super spot. duper secret box. Yes. Inside of it is a random uh, pitting between one yes. scary thing. And we're going to discuss which one we think is scary. And you all should see the super duper secret box. Yeah, it's all it's, uh, decked it's out. Got, it's, it is bedazzled. It's on, yeah, you got bedazzled. And it's got... It's definitely doing a good job. Yeah, maybe one day we'll post a picture of it. Yeah, for sure. All right, so... We'll even make you a super duper cereal box if you want. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So, sh- is it my turn to pick or is it yours? Uh, just pick. I think okay. that's good. Yeah. Okay, thanks. Ladies first. All right. Ooh, sorry. That was is a that little loud. Is that you or is that... Is it slam by itself? No, I did that on accident. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> this box but, is scaring me. <laughs> it's not scary. It's not scary. It's all scary things inside but it. But it does have scary things inside it. All right. Ooh, it's a good one this week. All right. It's actually, I can't believe that this is our topic. Okay, tell me. I'm For into- other reasons. Okay. All right. 
Werewolves versus vampires. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> so, which one's scary? A little backstory: I have been binge watching the show True Blood, and I just finished it this week. Yeah. And it has a little werewolf versus vampire <laughs> action in it. Yeah, you're a little late to the party, but you know. I am late to the party, but I binged watched it and I finished the entire show in it, what felt like two weeks. Yeah, you enjoyed it. That's good. Yeah, I loved it. But what's scary? What was, yeah, what's scary between vampires and werewolves? That's actually pretty good because uh, I guess you could look at it two different ways because vampires are very seductive. And very dark in the shadows. But werewolves, they can track you. Well, that's more. That's a lot more violent. A lot more like feral, like wild animal. Yeah. Like really scary. Way more just tear you apart and scary, like. Just wild. I don't know, but there's you know vampires are definitely there's a darker sense around vampires than there are werewolves because even like in you know True Blood and uh, movies like that. Uh, they still made werewolves seem like they were just kind of like dogs. Yeah, uh, just wolves. wolves for sure, whereas yeah. the vampires were like killing machines. Now, I always like the old school wolfman type werewolf or my favorite, uh, you know, American werewolf in London. Oh, you know, where you would like turn into time. it on the full moon only. Yeah, you actually, and then you turn into the beast. That's yeah. the werewolf to me. And That's to what me, I think of when I think of a werewolf. That's super terrifying because then that's just a violent rampage yeah know? I it's guess gonna kill anything it comes across well that's gonna be good I mean yeah I mean it's kind of comparing like a rampage killer to a serial killer you know a vampire's more of a serial killer than more uh, thought it out or yeah. thought it out <laughs> thought out yeah and, or when a uh, werewolf is more of like a just a mass killer yeah you know? I so think that if you think of out. a werewolf as in like the American Werewolf, werewolf in London. London type werewolf. I think that the, maybe that is a little scarier. Because it's so snarly. Yeah, and you're safe in your house from a vampire. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, the vampire has, like, way too many rules. Like, the silver, <laughs> yeah. the daylight. Yeah, there is a lot of rules. There's, like, what rule does a werewolf have? Well, you know, if you try to tell it, so like, you know, you only got one night. That, so, you know, there's only one night a month that you have to worry about werewolf. When as a vampire, you got to worry about every night. Yeah, but you're safe during the day and at your house. Yeah, but I mean, if you like work late at night, you're screwed either way, right? True, true. Also, sometimes, you know, it's just a full moon, so, you know, you can plan around that. <laughs> so maybe the, you know, and depending on the movie or the story, like where are vampires definitely are depicted way scarier and more violent. You think of like Thirty Days a Night. Yeah, those vampires are way more violent than, like, say, like more of a Dracula, or for God forbid, Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we gotta that, pick. We gotta pick one though. Oh, yeah, I'm just rambling. Right? I like both of them. It's, yeah. I know, but I think that... I, would go, I think I'm, when it comes to scarier, I think I'm going to go with vampires. I think there's something about vampires. There's a darker element, a little more and they're mystery. Dead. There's yeah. more dead. Yeah. Uh, I think they're a slightly more scary than werewolves, although I do love werewolves. I'm not going to lie. I love werewolves. Well, we want to know what you think and what you think scary. Well, what did you think? Oh, I thought we, well. Are you just going to go with that thing? Yeah, because. You feel vampires too? Well, because right now I'm just, I feel like I'm biased. To vampires? 
Yeah, because You're I just, just finished Troop. I'm not in love with Troop. Oh, there. Look. Oh, my goodness. We can't, spoiler alert. You're the one with spoilers. <laughs> Everybody else. Everyone yeah. Well, you know what? I think a vampire is scarier, too, only because in my, everything I've seen, werewolves have ne- have always been able to control themselves a little more. Well, yeah, I feel you on that. As we're vampires, inherently are always like dark and just yeah. evil. So but, yeah, yeah, vampires for me, I think that's the scarier one. But we're gonna put it up on a poll. Oh, you want to put this one up on yes, a poll? Yes. Okay. And see, because I think this is a really good one. Yeah, let's put it up on a poll then. Let's see what uh, everyone else thinks. Uh, also, hit us up uh, uh, on email at uh, Hunter Podcast at gmail.com. And at Haunted Haze Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Uh, like I said, hopefully you got the sage out. Sorry we didn't warn you earlier. Yeah, we should have for sure. Yeah. We're not really. Yeah. We'll make a note of that. Yeah, I'll make a note of that next time. <laughs> Sorry about that. Thank you so much for coming back, and please come back for episode seven. We got a lot Yeah, we'll be back for, for episode it. seven. Yep. All right. Peace out. Peace out. Stay haunted.